Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, with my good friend, Cody Frankel, and we have an awesome, awesome episode today. We interviewed New York Rangers color commentator Joe Micheletti, had a great time talking to him. I'm not going to talk any further. I'm going to send it over to Cody, who I know is pumped up about the big Jets weekend being Bills. Hit me with it, because I didn't watch any football yesterday. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Jets, Super Bowl. Put your money in now. We just beat the best team in the league. Nothing can stop us. No Brees Hall. Who cares? No Elijah Vera Tucker. Who cares? No Corey <laughs> Davis. Who cares? Um, no, I'm just kidding. But it's not a, why not us? Why not us? Um, it was an awesome game. I think Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner are the truth. Um Super, super exciting time for the Jets and, and the Giants, as a matter of fact, which is awesome. Um, and the Bills. All, all three New York teams are arguably good, good football teams. And, and that's something <laughs> arguably that good, I, I'd say they're good. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard in my life. So, um, no, I, I was on like cloud, cloud nine yesterday. Other than that, man, like, don't really have much. Like, we can get into Rangers talk. Well, I do just want to say a quick congratulations to anyone that ran the marathon. Yeah. New York City yeah. Marathon. I know you went for a bit, right? I did. Yeah. It was, yeah. it's, it's so awesome. I go, it's awesome. My, my, my future brother-in-law runs like mm-hmm. he's, a, he's an animal. Like he, he, it's, it was, I think it was his 16th one or his 18th one. He's really, he, dude, he's a beast. He runs it in his best is like 240. He's That's like, insane. Dude, he's <laughs> yeah, he is very legit runner. Um, he, he like did it for fun yesterday to help a friend pacing. I could ne- I couldn't even run the marathon as it is. I I can't even picture doing it for fun to help no. somebody else pacing time. But um, <laughs> no, sorry. I was I was talking to a friend yesterday, and we said like if they made a marathon that was fifty six miles and you can rollerblade it, I'd consider doing that. Yeah, or or just <laughs> a bikeathon. I would do that too. Like I don't a really know how to ride a bike that well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I could I I could see that. I could see that. I skate yeah. better than I bike. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty good skater too. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just an awesome, like, it's really cool kind of seeing the city just, you know, get together and and cheer, cheer everybody on. It's like a really, Mm -hmm. really um, momentous and like joyous moment for New York and all these other cities that do it like Boston and stuff. So it's always really cool to see. Um, But yeah, I do. I I do have to say one thing about it, though. There's nothing scarier. What? Nothing. Oh, there's nothing scarier. So they were running down bedford ave in brooklyn and my mom and i had to cross bedford to go to the subway to get to manhattan and crossing through the marathon a lot of people mm-hmm. do it it is one of yeah. the most scary things ever like i literally felt like simba and the lion king like avoiding the what, what do i call it the stampede like it was so scary like one guy screamed like fuck off <laughs> and i was like sorry i'm so yeah. sorry <laughs> but that was pretty insane but yeah the marathon like you said overall incredible day like just great for the city to come together as one and so much joy and pride in the whole city like everyone's saying congrats to each other after with the you know the blue like cape looking thing i don't a poncho i don't really know what it is that they give out but yeah great day but yeah i think we should get into the nitty-gritty we had a lot of ranger stuff to talk about but 
Before we do that, I do want to give a little ad read to Bet Online. And basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, all capital, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Where the game begins. Now let's go into some Ranger stuff. Should we start with the game against the Flyers? Uh yeah, I was there. So it was it was yeah, you really went to good this game. week. I did, I did, and I'm going to the the Yotes game on Sunday. So I told you, man, I'm I'm fully yeah, you're locked in, locked in. But uh, the game was really really good game. The first period was incredibly boring, and there wasn't much of anything. It was just a lot of back and forth, and then like the second and third periods were just crazy. I mean, both goalies stood on their head. Uh, it was a huge overtime win, obviously. And I thought our team played a really, really sound game and, and we dominated the game. I mean, if that wasn't for Carter Hart, probably could have been five, nothing. Yeah. That was, that was pure and utter dominance. Like the the entire night. Um, And that second period was literally the, I think the puck might've been in the flyer zone for 19 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, we outshot them. Like I, I maybe 17 to three that period. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. but just overall like that was a, a good momentum builder i thought for what would have been a great week uh-huh. and then you know the boston game happens but the dude the reverse the reverse retro jerseys are sick S- might I be one, the nicest one. ranger jerseys of all yeah. time and can i just say you said they weren't as nice as the as the color scheme wasn't as nice as the other one in our group chat you well, were talking shit I, about the color i don't know if scheme. i like the the color Wrong. blue Dude, if, the color if it was blue, a darker I, shade of blue, I would have liked it a little nope, better. I think. I think that color blue is incredible. It's like, it just, it just understands. It, does pop. it pops. It understands it pops. me. Yeah. And Until I, I see I it in really, person, though, I won't really judge fully because I haven't seen it in person yet. Maybe Joe can hook me up with a jersey because they're so <laughs> expensive. But um, yeah, no, they're they're awesome. Uh, I I actually looked at the reverse retro schedule today because like I have to make it out to one of those games. And if you look at each one of those games, all the tickets are more expensive. I'm sure. But um, you know, maybe maybe the Hawks game. Like maybe I'll get, maybe <laughs> maybe the I'm, Hawks. I'm going game. to that game actually. On a Saturday, December third. Yeah, it's on a yeah, Saturday. Wow, look at you sacrificing yeah. your weekend plans. Oh no, boys. I'm not going to that game. I'm going to yeah, that's what game. I thought. I'm not going to that game. Oh, you're going to twelve five. Yeah, I'm going to twelve five. I'm going too. With see there with work with no, I won't see you there. I'm I'm going with work. I'm going to try. Well, I'll make sure to get you fired. <laughs> at all costs yeah i mean fuck you um but anyways let's uh dive into to a little bit further because now we got to talk about the not so pretty which was the bruins and the red wings games mm-hmm. um i mean the bruins game I, I they just got outworked i i thought they they did have a really strong second period and and they frankly dominated the second period i thought they overpowered the Bruins on all fronts. And the first period was a little lopsided in the, in the Bruins favor. And then they just ran out of gas, man. And that's, that's what we talked about a lot last year. Um, you know, we talked about it with Joe in, in, in a few minutes, but playing 60 full minutes of hockey is going to be so important for this team down this stretch. 
Uh, the season just started, but I said it last week and I'll say it again. Like there's never too early of a time to figure things out and like get in a groove because what you don't want to happen is what happened to the Islanders and, and teams like that in the past where they fall so far behind or they're so inconsistent that like they're playing catch up in the last 20 games of the season. And now they're against the gun when it comes to making the playoffs. And that's something that I think GG and, you know, Drury and, and management is really going to have to figure out with this team and, and find that consistency and playing like a full 60 minutes of hockey because it, it's just going to be so crucial down the stretch. I also have so many people like I, I was tweeting a lot today just about you tweet. <laughs> I, I, I probably spend five hours on Twitter a day. I, I don't I was, even look. You know how on Instagram, that. you know, on Instagram, it like shows how many posts you have. Yeah. So like, does it not show me tweets you have? It, it, it might. Like I was oh. just going to say, I'm, I'm not as ingrained on Twitter as I am in Instagram, but I can only imagine like you, you've got to be close to the million mark. Like over, <laughs> over. <laughs> I, I'm at like 15 a day. There's a lot of people like on Twitter today, just kind of freaking out. Like about the Rangers. Yeah. About the Rangers. like literally freaking <sighs> out. And, and it's, it's very strange because you look at the record and, and they have a winning record. I, I guess technically it's losing because the overtime losses or whatever, but they have a losing record. I mean, they're, they're six and seven. Like, yeah, but sure. Igor is six, one and two. Correct. And, and that's no, six, and, and that's six, oh, and two, six, oh, and two. No, he's, he lost the Boston game. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He's six, one and two. And listen, Halak hasn't been amazing, but I don't think he's been as bad as everyone. He had saying. a great like, game against Detroit, man. He had, I was there. He, had a lot of really, really important saves down the stretch of that game. And the defense let him out to dry. That's all it was. Like offense was getting the opportunities. Um, There was a lot of chances. They just weren't going in in the third period. And our defense just, as we've, as we've spoken about, they weren't tight, tight on, on the stretch run. And that, that was it. I mean, like they, they let him out to dry, left him out to dry there. And, and he was making the saves, and he would, dude. He was pissed when that overtime goal went yeah. in. Did you see? He broke his stick in half, and and mm. rightfully so. Like he deserved that win, and it's got to be really tough for him because he, the guy's zero and four in his first four games as a Ranger, and like this was a game he wanted to win. And Detroit is no slouch. A lot of people are forgetting this Detroit team is in second place right now, and they're seven three and three or seven three and two, one of those. But they're <laughs> a good team. They are a good team. They have a lot of good players. They just signed Cop, as we know. And, you know, they have Dylan Larkin and, and, and a bunch of really good players, young guys. So they're not, a, they're not a bad team, but, like, this is a game the Rangers should have won with relative ease, and they didn't. So Also, the worst part about it is that the Rangers hadn't played since Thursday and Detroit was on the second half of a back-to-back. You'd think they'd take advantage of that. And- right. They weren't able to. So, like, but but back to my point before you so rudely interrupted. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. um I, I'm just not I'm not panicking at all. Like every no, everything is pointed no. in the in the right direction. Like and 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 people oh, this is my point on Twitter. People on Twitter are so quick to just say, like, put Kreider on the he's a third liner. Like I had so that's insane. Saying, that's like, that's dumb. Sorry. Six months ago the guy yeah, was a guy crazy. and now you're saying he's a third yeah. line player. Like it's just not true. The puck's no. just not going in for him. And I know he didn't play great last night. I didn't watch. I was in the marathon and I fully admit that I don't lie about when I watch games or don't watch games. So I didn't see the game myself. The marathon I, was over by five, you nerd. 
the game started at five and I went to a bar after because my friend took five and a half hours to finish the marathon. Oh my uh, gosh. Slow boy. No offense. Shout out to Henry. You did great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I didn't get to watch, but I read the articles, watched the highlights. So I didn't see like, you know, how Kreider really played. Read the articles and watched the highlights, bro. I was giving you play by play updates. I don't read your texts when you, I, I honestly, that's such a pet peeve of mine. I hate people that text like things that happened during the game. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm watching too. I know. You weren't watching. You just said you weren't watching. I know, <laughs> but I'm saying in general. In general. In general. I that is actually know. a good point. I sound really dumb there. <laughs> yeah, you're like special, but um, yeah. no, it's okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, back <laughs> to the point. Yeah. I also I was actually really surprised that the Rangers gave Cop a shout out. I was like pretty surprised at that actually because he only I mean he only played like 15 games. They they gave a little like thank you copper and and what well, did the same things of Vitrano when the Ducks played here? Oh, they did. Okay, okay, okay. Strom um, Strom got like a video, but Trano got like the thank you Frank Vitrano. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Um, you're getting yeah. the same thing actually. Yeah, but uh, listen, they need to find this con- consistency. I think they'll figure it out. I'm really not worried. I I think there's like some some worrisome tendencies for certain players but i don't think it, it's a time to panic um mm-hmm. that being said they just got hedo back which is big uh kravsov's out but supposedly he's fully healthy and a full go for for tomorrow or today's game when this episode comes out so mm-hmm. that's going to be big because we need to see what this kid's got and and he needs to protect himself better and then there's, you know, there's a Lindgren obviously got hurt, which is a huge blow to this yep. team, but, but hopefully he's okay. I mean, they, have they come out with anything yet about like timetable or it's just going to be day to day or. I think day to day Goche is also day to day, um, which I'm upset about. I'm, I'm becoming a big Julian Goche supporter. I know I you've really, been, you've been I, on yeah. his, you've been on him lately. I mean, that's yeah. fine, man. Like there's, there's a few players in, in that bottom six that, I would, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but like, I would be fine get, getting rid of them and giving Goat a chance because, you know, sp- I, I guess, I guess on that note, honestly, you just go to the lines. Yeah. I was just going to say, let's just jump yeah. into the lines. Like, okay. What should our lines be moving forward? I'll let you go first and then yeah. I, I'll dive into mine. Well, this is where all the Twitter drama with me started today because I tweeted out the lineup that I would just like to see right now when they're in a scoring rut. And, and listen, before we even go into this, like, Listen, the Rangers aren't scoring goals like they did. Like, you got to change things up. It's not going to. Although they should be. Uh, aren't they ranked like second in, in expected? Expected, yeah, but not in finishing. Get some lucky bounces, uh, baby. But the lineup that I kind of went with for Tuesday night's game tomorrow tonight, as you're listening to the Islanders, what I would just do yeah. to set the tone, and this is if Goche is healthy also because he's day-to-day right mm-hmm. now, so I don't know if he will or won't play. Probably not, but I'd have the kid line as the first line. You know it works. You know they buzz. They're they're all confident kids right now. Kako's playing the best he's ever played. Lafreniere is getting a lot of chances, just not finishing. Heedle's obviously coming back from injury, but he's the most confident he's been, I think, in his career. Let them get the minutes. They they, they bring the juice. They bring the jam every night. So I would put Lafreniere, Hedl, Kako together. I'd put Kreider, Zabanjad, Kravtsov. Let Kravtsov kind of learn the ropes from Zabanjad and Kreider. They're two guys that have been around for a long time. They're skilled guys like Kravtsov. Let him feel a little comfortable playing with the older vets, superstars in the team. Then I'd go Panarin, Trocek, Goche. And here's where I got a lot of hate from the Ranger fans on Twitter. You're going to throw Panarin on the third line. He's going to go from playing 20 minutes to playing 15 minutes a night. 
just because he's slotted on the third line doesn't mean he's not going to get as much playing time. I'm just saying to start the game, this is what I would do. Like first line, set the tone, and then you play whoever's playing the best. Kreider wasn't playing good on Sunday. He got benched or he got moved down. Like you just play the guys that are buzzing. But I think Gauthier could benefit from Trochek and Panarin because Trochek has all the two or go, uh, Gauthier, print the shirts. Okay. Well, if they're line mates, it'll work. But Gauthier has all the tools to be a good hockey player. He is. He just hasn't been able He's to He's always finish. had the tools to be a good I know, hockey but player. if you put him with Panarin, who's one of the best passers in the league, maybe his finishing will go up a little bit. So, like, throw Gauthier on that line with Trochek and Panarin. And then Jimmy Vesey gets his own play on the fourth line. Before you continue. What? What's Can up? I just say you're a fraud before you continue? Because literally, like a week and a half ago, you were tweeting like a tale as old as time for Gautier missing. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, that's still the case. I'm not a fraud. That's that's his finishing. Like he's, he's still you're a forever to, fraud. To finish. But, um, okay. I mean, All right, I, line I, I love his game. And line then three. So so line four. No, that was line three. Panarin, Trichet, Gautier. And yeah, then okay. Line four. VZ Goodrow in the middle and play. Like I'm not going to knock Carpenter, but having Goodrow play as the fourth line center just makes it a stronger team. I think. VC Goudreau, Goudreau and Blay. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, those are honestly pretty similar to me. What, what, who was, who was the third on your top? It was the kid line. No, no, no. Top line. The kid line. <laughs> I had him as the top line. Okay. All right. And then I had, I had Kreider's Ben and Jed Kravtsov. Okay. So Johnny's on something because the kid line's not going to be the top line ever. I'm but, saying what yeah, I would do. I'm not saying I'm Gerard Gallant. Okay, well, good thing you're not behind the bench. Um, no, but uh, I agree with a lot of your lines, the actual players on the lines. I mean, line one, I just don't th- – it's tough because the Crafts – I'm not saying permanently, just like five games. Try it out. Before you so rudely interrupted, okay. <laughs> um, no, I just don't know if if Kravtsov deserves to be on the top line yet. He hasn't done anything. He, he gets hurt when he has played. He he hasn't been anything special. Um, that being said, like who else would you put on there? I don't know. So I'm fine leaving that for now. I would say Kreider, Zib, and Kravtsov, or I could see maybe Sammy Blay. Like he's been a complete non-factor on line four. Um, you know, some would argue he's played very poorly. I would give him a look on one of the higher up lines and play with some better players. You saw what he did last year on line three in the you know short sample size we saw. So like I would give him a look on the top line and like even if it's for two games and let let us see what he has. Line two, um, you know, kid line, fine. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Line two or three, like keep the kid line together, put them back. Um, that line was a little bit. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. Like leave that the line. Like I think they would be a very, very good line together. Like leave those three together. Uh, line two or line three, Panarin, Trocheck, Gautier could be interesting. Or again, Blay. Like I think. Well, I, you can't. I you can't do that. What? You can't put Blay twice. No, no, no. Well, well, if Blay is line two, then Kravtsov would be line one, and if Kravtsov is line two, then Blay would be line one. Is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You, you get me? You get me? Not really, but continue. Okay. All right. All right. Line one. Don't even break it down. Just keep going. Line one, we're going Kreider, Zib, and Blay. Line two, we're going Panarin, Trocek, Kravtsov. Line three, we're going Kidline. And line four, we're going Goudreau at center, 
VC on the left and Revo on the right, I guess, or Carpenter, whichever. So you're one. taking Gauthier out. Oh, oh, Gauthier. Shoot, forgot it. <laughs> forgot about the goat. Um. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Gauthier line again. four. Gauthier line four. Um. But that being said, like, I'm not completely against giving him a shot on line two. I just yeah. think Sammy Blay, like. I mean, you know, you think about the Buchnevich trade and stuff like that. Like, I, I think, I think he's better. He, yeah, he might be. He very well might be, but I think Sammy Blay also deserves a look on that top six, like even if it's for a couple games. And like, honestly, put them both on there and put Kravtsov on line four. Kravtsov hasn't done shit yet, so like, let's see what this kid's got first. But I, I know. That's I know. not how you see what he's got, though. You can't throw I him on know. line four. I know. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it won't happen. That's why I'm saying it won't happen. One, somebody's gonna have to be sacrificed on that fourth line. It's yeah. just a fact. Who it is, like, doesn't really matter because you can you can do two, 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 and and just swap out that position for for the other guys each game. But I, I think the general basis, like, we're on the same page. I think the kid line, like, that's gonna be what sparks this team, and I think they need to be put back together. Yeah, I agree. So, so <laughs> in conclusion, we agree. <laughs> in in conclusion, we agree. Yeah. Um, and I think all the same guys, we agree. Like. I, I think at this point, yeah, Revo and Carpenter need Carpenter's been a been a really, really tough signing. Uh he has not played well at all. And then quickly like defense pairs. Do we switch up the do we switch up the pairings? Like I, I know when Lingren's back, Fox Lingren obviously staying together. Like, is it time to break up Truba Keandre? Truba he has some form of captain announcement hangover because he has had a brutal first 13 games. I mean, he's just been like captain inconsistency he, he he's been it's been very tough um he's a good player he's a good player and he needs to figure it out and then keandre obviously has slightly regressed um he had a really really rough overtime against detroit cost it cost the goal um but you know he's obviously an excellent player as well so it's like is it time to break those two up like what do you think i really i i don't know if that's gonna make anything better um, what else I, like, do you I, do? I, re- I no, I re- I really just don't. I don't. I don't know what you do. Um, I know. You know I think tough. maybe for five games you try it. Yeah. But do you make Jones Truba the third pair or Keandre Schneider the third pair? I know it's tough. I think for me, Johnny, it it's becoming like incredibly evident, and and you might disagree, but I think for me, it's becoming like incredibly evident. Their big move at this deadline is going to be for a defenseman. I think their big move is going to be for a defenseman. I think they're like lacking something clearly in the defense. Um, they're leaving the goalies out to dry a lot. And I think that is the one piece, like the five on five, I think they will figure out. I think they'll figure out playing 60 full minutes of hockey, but you, you can't play better. Like you can't, you can tighten up the defense, but you can't get better players than what we have right now. So I think like, you know, they're, they're definitely going to browse that, that D market and and see if there's some form of vet presence they can bring in and not like a brawn either. Like I'm talking about, you know, a good puck moving points producing defenseman. And I, I think that might be their, their move this year because I think they have so much talent on offense. And like, if they trade for someone who's, you know, a cane or whatever, like somebody else is going to get screwed on this team on, on offense. And I think we have so much talent there that like, to me, a, a, a D guy is, is the move, but no, yeah, I, I really don't know. Um, for me, it's still too early. Like I, I don't, I, I'm yeah. not, I, 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 it's hard for me to like even go into like a thought right now. Cause yeah. 
I'm still just very like game to game. Yeah. Not thinking about the deadline right now, which I'm just yeah. also like, this is exactly what we saw last year. A little, like, a, right. like a little different. Cause they're, you know, sure. They're out shooting their opponents and Igor stole a lot of games last year that he just hasn't necessarily stolen this year, but he's still played pretty good. Like his uh-huh. numbers are not bad whatsoever. He's just not, you know, as inhuman as he was last year. Yeah. So I, I'm not like with Igor and like I'm still very confident in this team every night. Like even like Halak, I, I wasn't like not confident in them, you know, just didn't get the bounce. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I really don't, uh, you know, do you have anything else before we go into fan questions? Not really. I mean, the only other thing I was going to say is like, do you think toughness matters as much as skill does these days? Because I know we built our team around toughness, um, but I feel like, we've lacked toughness this year a little bit and we haven't been, you know, I, I know Schneider has been producing some pretty big hits as of lately, but mm-hmm. Truba hasn't really done much of that. Um, Revo's not really fighting outside of that one, one game. Minnesota. And yeah. And against Minnesota and, you know, I, I, I mean it, it's, we have a ton of skill, the skills there. So it, it's just a question to think about like as this season progresses. So it's a good question because, you know, to that, I don't think they're lacking toughness. I think they're lacking grit, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I know those yeah. are like somewhat of the same word. Uh, big cat, I'm part of my yeah. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I wasn't even thinking of that, but I was trying Can to think you of define the word. grit, Johnny. Uh, what do they say on PMT? I, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think like the Rangers need to learn how to score ugly goals. Mm-hmm. I, I think they play too cute too often. Yeah. And you know, that's their bread and butter is making that extra pass, making that pretty play. Like they're a skilled team. Skill guys should play with skill, but to that same tune in the playoffs, like you're not going to beat anyone with skill. You're going right. to beat them with grit. So I think that's what they're missing right now. And, you know, maybe the intensity just like, isn't there yet. I don't know why maybe, you know, Joe talks about the shortened off season, which we'll get into, but Right now, I think that's really what they're lacking. Like Kreider last year was like digging for those loose pucks in the crease and burying them. I know. You know, like, yeah. Like this year, those pucks just aren't going in. Maybe he's not as hungry. And that's what I'm seeing people say as well. So just getting that hunger and maybe the fear of not being in the playoffs. Like right now, they're still in third in the Metro. Like if they drop a little bit, maybe you see more of desperation. Like they haven't looked desperate really at all and and urgent. So I think that's what they're lacking, not necessarily the toughness because they're not getting bullied by any, by any means, you know, like Goche choked a guy in Philadelphia. That was pretty awesome. That, that was uh, crazy. Yeah, that was great. Um, I think you went yeah. over a lot of Ranger fans that way. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, toughness is there. It's just, it's just that grit and that, that extra inch, you know, that's, that's what they're lacking. I think right now. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. um, all right. Yeah. Let's go into the fan question. Okay. All right, so we got we had honestly this was the most we ever had uh, as far as questions go. We had to limit it to five because our interview with Joe was like forty minutes long. So here's the first one: You've been vexed. I saw a stat that Mika has scored no even strength goals. Thoughts? I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, I mean that's that's a problem because Mika. It, I know I know he is a fantastic one timer as as you saw in in the Detroit game, uh, especially on the power play, but. We need this guy to score on the 5v5. It's it's very important. Uh, he had a lot of goals last year. He's going to have a lot of goals this year. I don't, again, I mean, I'm not concerned so far because he is scoring goals. They just all happen to be on the power play. Uh, but, yeah, this it, it, it's a little 
a little bizarre and a little worrisome that he hasn't scored yet on the 5v5. Um, but the whole team's not scoring. The whole team's not scoring, and, and they need to score more. So just looking it up really quick, his goals above expected at 5v5 five five is a minus 2.5, mm. uh, which is not very good. But it's, it's kind of funny to see, actually. Goals above expected, Zach Jones is third on the team. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of a surprising stat. And Goche is sixth. But back to the initial question, you know, Zibanejad, I, I mean, he's becoming like Ovechkin on the power play. Yeah. You know, yeah, like he's he, like automatic. Like, yeah. I don't want to knock his five and five because his power play production is incredible. Um, that one timer last night in, in the Detroit game, like, yeah, money. Um, but as far as five and five goes, like, obviously, you know, you want to see him have some more success. But, you know, like we've said a million times, like his advantage has the streakiest goal scorer we've ever seen. So, you know, once he does get going at five and five, I think it's going to explode. Like, you know, th- I don't think there's any doubt that Zabanjad is scoring 30 goals this year, right? Like, that's a lock. It's got to be got seven already. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. No, he's, he's scoring 30 goals for sure. So once he gets I mean, that's, you know, a couple seven five power on play five, goals is crazy. Yeah. Once he gets a couple five on five, you know, he'll start to pick it up. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do think it's a little alarming. It's not like, you know, panic mode, but he'll get there. Actually, no, I think he has, he has a shorthanded goal, right? Against Tampa, um, that was shorthanded the first game. Yeah, yeah. He has he has six power play goals and, and one shorthanded. Still not five so, on five. Yeah, still not five on five. But yeah, no. Like, listen, Mika, as we all know, is streaky. So I think once he gets one, they'll come in bunches. But do uh, you want to go to the next one? Yeah. Okay. So this is M dot Crank Ten. Is there something Carpenter is doing that I don't see that is justifying his place in the lineup? No, there's not because he he doesn't deserve a spot in the lineup right now. He's he's really not playing great. Um, he he's just he reminds me a lot of like Dryden Hunt esque, where he's just like a body out there. Um, maybe he's in favor with Gallant. Maybe Gallant's a big fan of him. Uh, you know, he he was a good player in Calgary. Was he a point producing monster or anything like that? No, but he was he was a good fourth liner in Calgary. Um, there's no reason to think he like can't figure it out in in New York. He he's not that old of a of a player. Um, I, I just don't think he he's really done anything yet. S- similar to Sammy Blay, like just hasn't been the player we've expected to date so far. And maybe he needs a shift in line mates. Maybe he needs something. But I'll tell you right now, he's 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 not going to be playing on on the top nine. So he he's got to figure it out on that fourth line, dealing with fourth line minutes and. Um, if he doesn't, he's going to get benched. I mean, Gautier is outplaying him right now. I, I don't think he deserves a spot over VC and he definitely doesn't deserve a spot over Goudreau. So he might, he might be an extra forward moving forward. We'll see. I'd say the one thing he does that fans might not notice as much as the penalty killing. Mm. Um, you know, he's That's really what they signed him for. He's good. Yeah. yeah. He's a really good penalty killer. And also like, you know, maybe it just benefits the team to have two, you know, somewhat centers in the fourth line. Cause Goudreau is also somewhat of a center. So, helps them defensively a little bit, but the Rangers PK has been pretty good this year. They're they're 10th right now. They're at 82.1%. So like, you know, Carpenter does contribute to that and penalty kill is obviously super important. So, you know, maybe that's one area that doesn't really go so noticed because it's not the prettiest thing, but you know, he definitely contributes to that end of the ice. So there's a positive. Yeah. I mean, as far as obviously offensive output, you know, there's not much, but that wasn't expected, you know? So it's the little things like that, but uh, any, any other thought on that? No. All right. So this one is pretty much from everyone. 
Why is Halak playing and will Deming get a look? Uh, yeah. I mean, do you, do you want to start on that one? I don't think Halak's necessarily playing all that bad. I mean, his Agreed. numbers, you can see on the screen right here. He's got, a he had one very bad game percentage at 3.48 goals against. Yeah. And he had one really bad game against the blue jackets, but his game against Winnipeg, it was a one, one game with five minutes left and the Rangers didn't have their guy in front of the net and left him out to uh, dry. It was Sam Gagne who found the rebound. And yeah. then the game against Detroit, Halak plays a pretty strong game. And, you know, you know, rightfully so. I'm, I'm just checking the stats here. I didn't watch, so I assume he played a pretty good game. But, you know, the team comes up short in front of him. So, listen, Halak is a good goalie. He's a capable goalie. He's going to find his game at some point. You missed and we the saw game this... against the Isles. What's up? Oh, yeah, he, missed... he played pretty good in the game against the Isles as well. Yeah, uh, that, was another, I, that was another game where the defense wasn't – They, I mean – the first goal was, you know, a lazy, not back check because they had the puck, but they cheated on offense and left them out the drive. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you completely on this one. I think the game against Columbus was pretty abysmal. Um, but other than that, I, I think he's he's played fine against Detroit yeah. on Sunday. He should have won that game. That was yeah. purely the team got lazy. They ran out of gas and left them out to dry. Um, there was zero offense generated against the Islanders. And then against Winnipeg, like you said, it was a 1-1 game until the very end, and a lot of it wasn't on him. Those three, yeah. you know, I know there's uh, empty net, whatever, but, like, a, a lot of those goals were not on him. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if Deming would be much better to that note. Like, can he get a look at some point? Yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll I'm give sure him a look. But, but I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think Halak – the Detroit game is a very good game to build on. So let's see how he performs next. Um, that being said, that brings me to the point of like, why isn't Igor playing more? Like there, it's been 13 games. Halak should not have four games under his belt already. Um, and I think the load, the load management aspect, I think is a little ridiculous at this point. Um, you know, if, I, I think Igor should have played 11 out of these 13 games. I know they had two back to backs, but Igor played one of them. So like that's, that's just the thing I'm kind of confused about um, why, why he's only played nine out of the 13 games, but I don't think it's really on Halak in terms of like playing bad uh, outside of that one game. I do think the Rangers also have like 13 back-to-backs this year. Yeah. So. Listen, I'm sure there's, there there's reasoning and stuff, but like it, it's 13 games in the season. Uh, Igor just had f- five months off of, you know, playing competitive, like yeah may they end their season ended in no, june in june first week of june whatever some june all right still five months off we're in november buddy um yeah i know math is hard uh, but anyways <laughs> thank, thanks for fact checking. Up there. Yeah. um <laughs> but uh yeah no i mean listen he had a lot of time off from from playing against teams in the nhl and like i think he should be playing more i i know there's that durability injury concern but like this guy is Top three goalie in the league. You got to let him play more. And I'm curious to see kind of the path forward here. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Igor, I think his number by the end of the year will be 55 games. I think he'll play around that 55, 58, I would say. <sighs> Should be playing 65 games, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. That doesn't really happen anymore. Well, make it happen. Um, okay. All right, next question. And the last question we're going with this week, this is a fun one from our friend Kelsey, K underscore cat. 
Cody versus Johnny in the New York City Marathon race. Who's finishing first? I would I would absolutely smoke you. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think anyone that like knows the two of us would ever answer me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm giving I'm giving you that one for sure. I don't Love have you. I don't have it in me to, to run that marathon. I mean, and it's funny because there was points yesterday where I'm like, man, like that just looks like the coolest accomplishment ever. Like I w- I just wish I could do it, but like I there's no way I could. I, I right now I couldn't do it. There's no yeah. chance. Like, and, and I, I mean, you know me, I'm a very fit person. Like I, I mm. work out all the time, but like, I don't think I could do, it. I would need to train like rigorously. Mm. And I think Backstory does. Too. Cody texts me at 6am every weekday, just crushed a killer workout. And I text him two hours later. What's up, dude? Just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. Cause today you literally texted <laughs> I was me, the gym hey, bro, I'm at the gym and I was, and I sent you a picture of me at the gym. So it was, it was a uh, little, little, uh, virtual gym sesh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on that note, like you want to kick it over to Joe. Yeah. Send it over to Joe Micheletti. You guys are going to love him. Obviously this week on the blue crew, we're very happy to welcome on a man that needs no introduction. He's been the color commentator for the Rangers in 2006, arguably saved the franchise because the Rangers weren't very good until you joined the broadcast. <laughs> But we're really happy and really honored to welcome on new friend of the show, Joe Micheletti. Joe, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, guys. Great to be with you. Thanks for it the introduction. I didn't really get to have you. What's up? I wish you would have told me. What? That, that, that I saved the franchise. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, up until 2006, I was born in 96, and I don't remember them making the playoffs in the late 90s. So my first recollection of the Rangers in the playoffs was that first round in 2006 when they got swept to the Devils, which wasn't great. But yeah. Kind of led to better things later on. The the bro doer years weren't weren't yeah. too uh, too great for me. But uh, Joe, I th- I think it's obvious. But you know, if not, I wanted to thank you on behalf of all <laughs> Ranger fans. You know, you and Sam are two of the best in the game, if not the best, and have obviously given all of us so much happiness. But um, that being said, I, I'd love to just kick things off and you know hear about your path from the NHL playing to behind the bench to the booth and you know you worked for the blues the north stars i don't know how the islanders let you come to us but uh yeah i mean i'll open up the uh, floor here well I'll, tr- I'll try not to i'll try not to bore you too much uh, <laughs> uh, first first off i would say that for me i look at you know what's happened to me since i since i finished playing and not many people have been luckier than me and more fortunate. I mean, it's, I, I think about all the Hall of Famers that, that I've had the, the chance to work with and make my job and make me better than what I really am. And you can start with Sam. You know, this is our 17th season together and we try to have a lot of fun. Uh, we try to keep it in some sort of perspective when it can get off the rails a little bit. And, and, uh, <laughs> and it's been such a, such a pleasure you know, working with Sam and and uh, our great we have a we have a great crew at uh, at MSG from our producer Chris Ebert to Larry Roth, I think is the best director in in all of hockey and and right on right on down. You know, these people they they treat each game like it's like it's something special, and that's how they that's how they work at it. And that's why a lot of a lot of the people I work with on our crew, you know, they've done Olympics and national games and you name it. They they have uh, just tremendous experience. So. Working, you know, working back from there, you know, I look back when I finished playing, I was kind of, you know, not sure where I was, you know, what was next. And 
and ended up uh, getting into the uh, investment business with, uh, with a company called E.F. Hutton, which you guys weren't mm. even born yet. They had great <laughs> commercials back in the days. I was 93. And, uh, I'm a little older than Johnny, so maybe I was born. Yeah. <laughs> but but my, my break, I guess you could say, is that is that when I was when I was doing that, the the voice of the of the blues at the time was a was a, a guy by the name of Dan Kelly, who mm-hmm. was also the voice of Hockey Night in Canada, USA mm-hmm. Hockey back back in the day on CBS when all, when all the national games uh, for the NHL were on CBS, and Dan was was the voice. You know, if you remember the great the great goal that uh, that Mario Lemieux scored in the '87 Canada Cup. Yeah. Uh, against mm-hmm. against Russia, Gretzky drops it to Lemieux. Lemieux scores. That's Dan Kelly. That's his voice. Mm-hmm. If you remember the the Bobby Orr goal against St. Louis when he's flying through the air, that's <laughs> Dan Kelly. So he was the voice in St. Louis, and so uh, so Dan became a client of mine when I was in the investment business. And then he called me one day and he said, "Listen, I need somebody. I need somebody to do uh, to do radio with me." So I said, "Okay." So you're not going to make much money. You know, but he said, well, I think we can have fun. I think you, you could be good at it. And uh, so anyway, so I decided to do it. And that's how I got my break from from Dan Kelly back in 1985 that got me into radio with him. Wow. And I learned from somebody that was, you know, as, as good as it gets and taught me about this job and was very, uh, very honest with me about about things. So. Uh, he, so he was, he was the one that, that really got me started. And then that's when I got lucky in 94, I got a call out of, uh, kind of out of the blue from, from Turner sports asking me to work the winter Olympics in 94. And, and then that led to ESPN and ABC and then the national games for Fox and NBC and the rest of them and a bunch more Olympics. So, uh, but, but Dan Kelly gave me, it gave me a chance, um, and, I had zero experience, but mm-hmm. he, uh, he thought we could have some fun and learn. I learned a lot from him and I'll be forever grateful. So Joe, I, I actually recently started doing color commentary myself. I did a couple of UMass games a couple of weekends ago and I'm starting to do a little bit more in the college ranks. But you know, for me, my first two games, it was eye opening because I kind of thought it was going to be really easy. Just talking the game. I know it. I love yeah. it. I breathe it. And Colby Cohen's actually been a huge mentor of mine. If you know Colby yeah, at all, he's a great guy great guy and he's helped me out a ton but just from you you know from where you started you just said you had no experience to your 17th year with sam now what are your biggest takeaways from doing color commentary because a lot of people sit there and watch tv and think hey i could do this you know right. but it's not an easy job so how has your preparation changed and, and just your overall mindset on the game yeah you know it's interesting it's really interesting you say that because i had i had the same issue so when i was i was living in st louis at the time and we had Jack Buck, Bob Costas, Dan Deerdorf, uh, just to name a few, and of course Dan Kelly. Mm-hmm. They were all doing national sports, football, baseball. Costas, of course, was hosting everything. <laughs> and 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 back in those days, uh, on KMOX Radio, which was a fifty thousand watt station that people could get all over the country, uh, they used to have a sports open line from six o'clock to nine o'clock every five days a week and these guys would host this and it was fabulous uh, Mm -hmm. to listen to them and then you listen to them do their jobs when they're actually when when jack buck was actually on the air with cardinal baseball or doing cbs 
uh, football, baseball, Deerdorf the same way. And I was like, I was like you, uh, because I just sat back and thought, well, you know, it's all they do is they just, they talk when it's <laughs> yeah. their, their time to say something. And when Dan Kelly uh, hired me and he said, you know, he said, we'll have a chance to talk about this uh, at, at some point in time before we do our first game. Mm-hmm. So the first game I showed up to was actually a preseason game. Thank God. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't, I didn't have a pencil on me. I didn't have a sheet of paper. I didn't have anything. And I thought just like you did, yeah. well, when it's my turn, I'll just, you know, I'll just say something. And so Dan Kelly had this great call, this great goal call. As he shoots, he scores. It was just, it was a classic call. And we're doing a preseason game, our first game. And about seven minutes into the game, the Blues score. Dan makes his call. And about halfway through his call, I said something. And he looked at me. (laughs) He didn't wear a headset. Dan used to hold the microphone and put one hand over his ear. That was the, the old way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he looked at me and he gave me this look and he sent it to commercial and he turned to me and he says, if you ever do that again, you're fired. I said, yeah. do what? <laughs> that, was my, that was the early part of my learning experience. So, but what, but what I learned is, and, and I think this is really important for, for anybody that's, that wants to get in the business or starts in the business is I really started focusing on analysts not just in hockey, but in every sport. And so now I'm watching football, and I love all the sports. So I'm watching, but I but I've got a I've, I've got a keen eye to, uh, to 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 listen to all these different analysts. But the most important thing that happened to me was Dan Kelly. Mm-hmm. We would do a game, and especially when we were on the road, and we would always go out for dinner afterwards and we would have a beer yeah i was gonna say maybe a few beers too (laughs) and and then dan and then dan would say something like this and this actually happened he said boy you you really embarrassed yourself tonight (laughs) oh wow and i said wow i said i did and he said you did i said well you know how did i how did i do that he says i'll tell you how you did it he says, first period, New Jer- it, was a, it was a game actually with the Devils, Devils mm-hmm. and the Blues, and I'll never forget it. So he said, Devils went on a power play in the first period, and I, and I asked you about the Devils power play, and you gave me nothing. I said, okay. He said, then I asked you about a player on the Devils, and you gave me nothing. And then in the second period, so, so this was, this was our conversation. Wow. Yeah. And I said, okay. He said, when I ask you something about the other team, he said, you, you gotta, you gotta know what you're talking about. You gotta know about the players. You gotta know about the team. You gotta know about their power play. You gotta know what they do. You gotta know how they play. I said, okay. And so this was early on. Yeah. So then I start thinking, okay, so now how am I going to do this? <laughs> How am I going to learn? And, yeah. and this was, again, this was back in the mid, the mid 80s. And so that forced me to start talking to coaches, introducing myself, you know, saying, here's what I, here's what I do. Uh, could I just have a 
you have time for a couple of minutes. And, and that's what's, that's how I got started. Mm-hmm. And I found that even though coaches in a lot of sports, you know, they're careful with what they say over a period of time, when, when people start trusting you to talk to you, and this goes for players too, because I started doing the same thing with players. Um, then they'll start giving you information mm-hmm. because they know that they can trust you and you're going to use the information. Some, and, and, and believe me, over, over the years, I got a lot of information that I've never used on the air. I've never told anybody else because it, it can be personal. Yeah. And, I, and, 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 I will, and I will ask the player if I can use it. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So a few years ago when, when Washington won the Stanley Cup, uh, against, against Vegas, Kenny Elbert and I are doing the national broadcast on radio. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we would always, we would always go to the team practices on the off days. And so the game was in Washington and I can't remember if it was game. I think it was game three in Washington. I think they started in Vegas. I, I, they did. I, I can't, they did. Yeah. yeah, they did. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it was after game three and right at the end of game three, Brooks Orpik is in the corner with Jonathan uh, Marshall. And he got incensed about something. And he went after Marshall. And, and the game ended and there was a little scrum and uh, Washington wins. The next day, Kenny and I go to the practice you know, right after practice. And of course there's media all over the place in the final. Right. So, so they're all going after Ovechkin and mm-hmm. all the other stars. So Brooks Orpik is sitting over at his stall and I'd known Brooks for a long time. And so I went over to him and, and I said, what happened last night at the end of the game? And he took off his glove. Oh, and he damn, said, yeah. yeah, my, the tip of my finger got chopped off. I remember I that. Said, wow. Oh, so yeah. he said, yeah, I said, so obviously that's what drove you crazy. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. I said, can I use that on the air tomorrow? <laughs> he said, go ahead. Kenny and I were the only ones that had it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else had it. And we were the first ones to put it on the air. But so my point being is that with Dan Kelly telling me that you're supposed to, you know, know all this stuff. You know, the only way to do it is you can't just read it in newspapers and it's not just in the league stats that they give you. You have to establish relationships with mm-hmm. coaches and players in order to, I think, that's just my yeah. opinion, to to try and do this job so that maybe you're a step above, you know, I, I, I think it makes you better. Let's put it that way. So so that's what happened. So Dan and and on the other side, I remember a game we did in Toronto and, and Dan Kelly loved Chinese food and even <laughs> though the restaurants were closed, Dan had great cachet, especially in Canada because of, he's from Ottawa hockey night in Canada. He would call the owner of the, of a, this little Chinese uh, restaurant and say, we're coming after the game. A few of us are coming over after the game. So we go over there and do the same thing, sit down, order a beer. And then he, He'd give his critique if it was time to give one. And in, th- in this particular instance, he said, he said to me, you know, he starts shaking his head. He says, 
God, we were so effing good tonight. <laughs> and I said, we were? <laughs> he, said, he said, we were great. I said, why? And then he started giving me examples. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, you know, I hit you with this. And he said, bang. He said, you were right on it. Right on it. You know, and then the mm -hmm. next one, he said, right on it. And this happened. You're right on it. So that's how I learned, you know, but I learned. And I don't think that happens much these days anymore because, you know, people are really sensitive. Mm -hmm. But I sat there and he and he said and he was so critical, positively mm -hmm. and negatively that that's how I that's how I learned a business. And that's how I learned to work. Yeah, so that's how I learned to work, because he said to me one time, he just said. He said, you know what, if you're going to if you're going to go on the air and you're going to if you're going to keep saying and I wasn't saying that, but he told me this early to prevent me from doing it. He said, if you're going to go on the air and if you're going to say, well, when I played, well, when I played, back when yeah. I played, back when I played, he said, that lasts. And it's, and, and guess what? He says, nobody cares. You're going to yeah. get to a point, nobody cares. They're going to tire you. So he said, you got to work at this and you got to make it a new profession. And so, you know, he, he helped me think of this in a different light. And he said, you can use all your experiences of playing and coaching and doing all this. You can use all those to enhance our broadcast, but you got to, you know, but you got to work at it in other ways. And so it's a long, it's a long answer to your, uh, Johnny, to your <laughs> great answer. question, but I, I, I thought it deserved some time because yeah. he in particular took the time to see if I was going to run for cover or say, okay, I'll show you. And yeah. That's what he wanted. And he was very kind to me. Um, and he, and God rest his soul. He died too young when he was 54 mm -hmm. years old. And one of the great voices, I think he's the greatest voice in, uh, that ever broadcast hockey. Uh, but he, you know, he took the time to, to, uh, to teach me. And, yeah, and see, if, and, and see if I wanted to work to to try and you know try to get better. I'm not very sensitive, so if I could send you the game film, you could rip me to shreds. It'd be an honor. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's people that do that. We you know, we've 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 done that. So mm -hmm. anytime. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> great. Um, transitioning to the Rangers a little bit, you know, they've obviously shown some inconsistency inconsistency to start the season at six four and three. Um, being so ingrained in each play of each game, what do you think this team needs to do to find that consistency and then obviously build on it as a recipe for success moving forward? Well, if you can, you know, the easy thing to say is if you can look back to what they did in the playoffs last year mm -hmm. and, and, and how they started the season, um, that, for, that, for, that first game against Tampa Bay, and, and Gerard Gallant was talking about that today. He said, that's what I'd like to, I'd like to get back to that. Yeah, and when you think back to that game, and then even the subsequent games after that, you know they were playing at a high level, and you're thinking, yeah, this is a good team. There's a reason why it's there. You know, some people picked them to win a Stanley Cup uh, because of this. So they've gotten a little sloppy. Mm -hmm. They've gotten a. Uh, they have. They have these stretches now where they play a good period, bad period, okay period. Right. And instead of burying teams when they're, when they're ahead, they let teams back into it. Uh, are they a better team than they were a year ago? I think they are. I mean, if you think back, 
if you think back to this team, just go back to the first half last season. If it wasn't Igor Shosturkin, they wouldn't. They would not have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he gave them a chance with a new coaching staff, a lot of young players, a new defensive system, uh, and while all that was going on, and they were giving up, uh, you know, as high a quality scoring chances as any team in the league, you know, Igor Shosturkin was there, winning games for them, and and giving them, allowing them a chance to grow. And then in the second half of the season, they did a lot of things that were really good. So they went into the playoffs playing some pretty good hockey. So I, I just think that, you know, some, some of the individuals, you can look at individuals, are not playing all that well during this mm-hmm. stretch. They were earlier. I think the, you know, the goaltending for the most part has been pretty good. I mean, Shesterkin hasn't been as great as he was to start last season. Right. Uh, but he still has been pretty good. Um, Halak's game against Detroit. He, he deserved better, but he, he deserved to he win, hasn't yeah. gotten much help from his team when he's played. And so that leads to, and I think there's some other things that, that we have to remember. So Chris Drury made a couple of great trades last year. One right before the, the trade deadline to get Frank Vetrano. Another trade, I think it was right at the, on, I think it was on, on deadline day to get Andrew Kopp. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also added, uh, you know, a veteran defenseman. And these guys came in and really contributed, you know, and these, these are players that had been around a little bit, you know, mid twenties to late 20 guys that, uh, that played it, that, that had specific skill sets that the Rangers needed, but Toronto, they needed a shooter, right? And yep. Toronto became that and mm-hmm. it, it helped change the dynamic of the team. Andrew Kopp became a, pl- a player that, that could do just about anything for you and could play, up the lineup, down the lineup, kill penalties, take faceoffs, play the wing, either wing, and and he was really important to this team. And so you lose you lose a couple of players like that, uh, and even Braun on defense, you know, not a flashy guy, but it's been around. You know, his right. career has been playing against top players in the game and tons of, of playoff experience. experience. Yeah, and so and so now you lose those players, and you're hoping that these young players that we've been watching for the last two, three, four years, take another step. And they have, I mean, the way those kids grew last, last year in the playoffs, all of them got better. Even though Capo Caco was a healthy scratch, he got better. Mm-hmm. And you can see it this year. He's looked amazing this year. Yeah. He, he, he is, he is, you know, he's really, he's got confidence. He's stronger. He feels, he mm-hmm. believes in the, you know, he belongs in the league. And so, and it's in Lafreniere the same way. Filipino, I think, is is maybe going to make the biggest difference if he can stay healthy, because he no longer is a he no longer is a player that's tipping his toe in the water to test out the waters of the National Hockey League. In the playoffs last year, he dove in. Mm-hmm. He dove in, and he said, "It's time. It's time for yep. me." They tried to intimidate him. He wouldn't be intimidated. He wanted the puck. He went after the puck. He didn't want to give it up. And so he's been like that this, this season. And unfortunately he missed, he missed six games with, with, uh, with, with the injury. So, and now we expect these players to step up and take the place of the Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Their production is not as high. So the team is not as high scoring. 
They're not getting as much production from their third and fourth lines. And that's partially because Hedl has been hurt. And so uh, you put all that together. And if your top guys have an off game or two or three, like they've had recently, you know, then it's, you know, then it's going to be, you know, it's going to have an effect. And so they need to start scoring more at, at five on five, mm-hmm. I think, to, to be successful. Well, to that point, it's the same issue they had last year prior to the deadline. That was the storyline, right? It was the five and five scoring. And that's why Drew made right. those moves that you just talked about. Um, so it, it is evident. You know, I, I know Cody loves to talk deadline stuff here. I'll kind of tee you up, Cody. Cause... No, I was going to say that is that it, you're right. But also, I think mm-hmm. playing, and it's the same thing this year, playing 60 full minutes of hockey is an incredibly important thing that, you know, we, we saw they ran out of gas against Detroit yesterday, they ran out of gas against the Bruins. So I think it's just playing a full 60 minutes of hockey. And then, yeah, the five on five too. Yeah. And I think the, you know, the other thing that happens and and sometimes I think we use this as an excuse, but the facts bear this out. Generally, when you see that those teams that go well into the playoffs and into June, when they come back for the following season, it's a short off season. And it takes, especially if they've had injuries and these players have to take time off and now they don't, the teams that miss the playoffs or lose out in the first round, you know, they get an extra six weeks or two months to heal up, to Mm -hmm. train, to do all those things. It takes teams some time. I mean, the Colorado's not off to a great start. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not off to a great start. Florida's okay. You know, they've just been okay. I think they're six and four, so... uh, or six and five. They're, Penguins they're okay. are struggling. The Penguins have lost seven in a row as of this discussion we're having. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, St. Louis is know, tied for the, <laughs> the fewest points in the league, yeah. and there were and there were and there were yeah. you know there were experts that mm-hmm. picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I picked so them to win the division. It yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> and the Penguins. Don't forget that. And the Penguins. And it doesn't mean they won't turn around, um, because there's still there's certainly time left to to find your game and Washington's hurt. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought Ottawa was going to be a lot better, but they're still young. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still, Ottawa's still a young team. So, so anyway, I, I think that there's some legitimate uh, legitimacy to that. Um, but I also think that, uh, that it's a good team. Yeah. I do think it's a good team. I mm-hmm. think they've got, I think they've got a lot of different elements to their team. Uh, Fox is still one of the best players in the game. Uh, so they, they, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of pieces that I think, um, are going to bear fruit. And it's, it's a, it's a good hockey team. That's just going through a, a little rough spot right now that they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to find a way to get themselves out of. To that point, I, I could easily say in my lifetime, this is the most talented roster the Rangers have had top to bottom, I think. Yeah. And, and I think you can agree since you've, joined MSG and the Rangers, but when you think back to that 2012 to 2015 timeframe, you know, obviously there's a lot of good players in that window. Also Gabrick, Nash, you know, Hank, obviously in net when it comes to the year 2024, let's say, do you think the 2021 to 2024 Rangers overachieve what that group did? Or do you think it'll kind of be a similar output to what they accomplished? Yeah, It's a good question, Johnny. Um, you know, this league is so difficult. Uh, and, and, you know, just look this year at at the teams that have been 
not very good for a long period of time. I mean, look, look across the river to, to the devils. Mm. You know, the devils, you knew at some point that those kids were going to grow up and, and, and uh, mature physically and mentally, and they were going to just keep getting better. They needed goaltending. They've improved in that area. They needed to improve their d- defense. They did it. And now they're a good team. And so your competition has also, mm. I think, gotten better. You know, you've got Buffalo and even Montreal is better this year and Ottawa should be a better team. So, so it's going to be more and more difficult to win. But the other thing is this, uh, not a lot of people expected the Rangers to make the playoffs last season and or thought, well, maybe they'll get in. Maybe they, they have a chance to get in. So the Rangers, you know, when they went into games, there were still quite a few teams that didn't feel like they had to play their best hockey to beat the Rangers. This year's different mm-hmm. because of what they did. And again, I think there's still a lot of people that think that they should be a real good team. And I think they are. But the, but there's a different mindset. I mean, I, I, I you know, when you're going to play against somebody that you know can embarrass you if you don't play hard, then that's, I think that's the way teams look at the Rangers. And so now the Rangers have to be sharp. If they're not sharp, then they're going to lose some of these games. And I think that's, that's part of what, what they're dealing with and part of the growing up uh, period they're going through also. No, those those are uh, some very, very good points. And I think I just have one more for you, Joe. Um, And Johnny, I, I guess one more each. You cool? with that Gallant is obviously a big time players coach and you know, he can often be tough on his players. Um, you mm-hmm. saw that on, on Sunday against Detroit with uh, you know, Kreider getting demoted to the fourth line there. And from a coach's perspective, I completely understand trying to shift things around to give your team mm-hmm. that edge. But I was curious as a former player, do you think when something like that happens in the NHL, because it often does, does that boost or, or hurt a player's confidence? And like, if it does hurt a player's confidence, how do you kind of move forward and like build on that? I, I think that if you're, if you're honest and, and, and coaching, you know, coaching has changed an, an awful lot and the way you have to handle players uh, nowadays, because, mm-hmm. you know, players are more sensitive than they used to be. I mean, we didn't, we, we didn't sensitivity, back in the day, wasn't, wasn't there. I mean, it was just a hard nose approach. This is what you're going to do. And this is going to, how you do it. If you don't do it, you're gone. It's different these days. And I think, I, I think different for the good, because I, I, I think communication is, 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 uh, is good. And so when you, when you have that type of trust, which the players have in Gerard, uh, he's not, he, they know he's not going to call them out because everything he says critically is about the team. Right. And he did make that change. And I like the changes he made. I think it was fair. And that line change that the Zabanjad line made that led to the second goal for Detroit was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. about as lazy and whatever else you want to call it as you can be. And those poor players coming on the ice that got a minus, uh, which was <laughs> <The> worst, <laughs> which was, uh, uh, Panarin, mm-hmm. Trocheck, mm-hmm. and uh, Lafreniere, I believe. You know, it, it wasn't fair. So, but he did. He he doesn't harp on that. He doesn't harp on that. Yeah. But he also didn't let it slide. So he did not let that slide inside the locker room when he met with his team, whatever 
film session. He doesn't have a lot of film sessions. He has them when he thinks he needs them. I don't know if he had one with that. I don't know if he needed to, but, uh, but he gets his point across. And so yeah. I think that's why over the years, players have loved playing for him because he's, he's got a hard nose edge to him, but he's going to protect his players uh, as long as they, as long as there's a, a give and take between the two. So um, I liked what he did. I actually thought he should have kept Kreider on the bench to start overtime to tell you the truth. Yeah. And, he went out there for the first shift, uh, and, but he's, you know, again, he's, you know, you always have to remember one thing, winning. That's the thing, you know, yeah. hold your grudges and take care of that later on. And so he just thought that that gave him the best chance of winning. And so, um, and again, that's why he's a respected, he's a respected coach. I loved what he said about Kreider to the media too, just holding everyone accountable and, you know, your best players right. have to be your best players. And right. that's not an excuse for the third, fourth line, but yeah. it wasn't it just him. Yeah. 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 You know, we always point out, you know, Chris Kreider went to the fourth line last night. Well, he did, but we switched a lot of the lines around. And today at practice, you know, you, you, you mix and match your lines a little bit because I want everybody to be better, not just Chris Kreider. You know, he's got to be one of our leaders and he's got to put us instead. He's got to pull, he's got to pull his weight instead of, you know, going the other way. And that's what we need from our players. Our leaders, our top players, they got to lead our team when we're not playing as well. And, uh, you know, and that's not giving the, the young guys an excuse or giving the third and fourth line an excuse. But uh, they got to start at the top. When you're real good, our best players got to be our best players, and they got to pull the other guys with them. And I'm just I'm not happy with the way we're playing, and I think it's going the other way, and we got to change it. I thought it was great. And, and Joe, my last question is kind of a two-parter because I'd be damned if I didn't ask about you and Sam in the booth. Through your 17 seasons with Sam, is there one game that you both look back at and kind of laugh at that you maybe weren't on the same page or any funny story from the booth that you would share with fans? Uh, 17 years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think there's any one game that – listen, I, I think we, we understand that, uh, that both of us miss things mm -hmm. and we make mistakes and neither of us try to. Um, you know, we try to get everything right with our crew and with the game. We try not to miss anything that goes on behind the play. So I think what we've, I think what we've learned to do over time is kind of laugh it off, <laughs> you know, and, and just yeah. accept the fact that this is, we try to remember that this is, this is a sport and, uh, and, and we're also in the entertainment business. And so to think that, a sport and a particular game is more important than what's going on in the world. And not yeah. just COVID the last few years, but you know, there's a lot of people that have, that have a lot of, you know, issues going on, you know, that we don't know about There's family issues. And, you know, the garden of dreams is a, is a really great example of, of putting us all in. And if you, for some reason, need a reminder about perspective in life and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we meet these garden of dreams kids that it's not fair what they've had to go through and continue to go through and to see them fight and turn their lives around and have the garden of dreams and everybody that runs, runs that organization, provide them a chance to do that. So we look at this as it's a sport. We work hard to to try and uh, do a good job 
and we screw up. I screw <laughs> up more than Sam, but we try to keep it in the right perspective and try to get it right the next time or, or correct ourselves. So, so there isn't a, there isn't a, uh, there isn't a particular game that, that we look at because we, we kind of judge every game as the next one, you know, let's try to be better this next one. than we were last game. And that's, that's the way our, our group has always done it. So um, I wish I could be more specific no, no. with you about, about uh, that. There, there have probably been too many. If you ask me a question, which <laughs> no. game are you, uh, where you guys didn't, uh, didn't screw up that. <laughs> I don't know if well, I could come up with that either. The, uh, the second part of that, Cody touched on it, you know, right away that you and Sam have left such a good impact on all Ranger fans just the last 17 years. And has there been a fan or maybe a player interaction that you've had where you were just kind of moved in your time with the Rangers? Because, you know, like Cody said, we have so many memories, like whether it's at a bar listening to you guys, on the couch with our parents listening to you guys. Yeah. Is there any opposite, you know, just like feeling a reward in that sense? Um you know, I I um, I take the I take the train to to games before the game and after the game and walking through Grand Central and and the subways and and so uh, you know they're so they're so passionate about their team and yeah. you know when people come up and and you know say something nice or want to take a picture they have their kids with them and want to take a picture and they which i i've always find you know i i grew up in this little town in northern minnesota one of nine kids and you know we grew up in this little two-bedroom house and uh my parents were very strict as far as how you should treat people and how you should act and and so like it's never an issue for me to if somebody wants to take a picture with me i mean i'm you know, I, I okay, um, <laughs> and so it's 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 never an issue. But but people sometimes hesitate to do that, and I sometimes wonder why because it's never a problem. But but uh, they're so kind and you know so love their their team, and uh, you know it's just uh, it's great. They're they're just uh, I I just run into an awful lot of nice people, and I'm mm -hmm. fortunate for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Joe, we, we love you. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bottom line, but yeah. uh, thank you so much. I mean, this was great. And uh, you know, it was great to hear again. your perspective. So, if you can What's still up? hear me, I will just say uh, it was great being on with you. You know, thanks. Yeah. I, I hope we, we do it again sometime. And I'm sorry this took so long. No, no thank likewise. you, Joe. And next time you see your nephew, Alex, give him a hug for me. I got to give a shout out to Alex. We want to thank Joe Micheletti so much once again. Such an honor to talk to him. We've been listening to him for 17 years, and just being face-to-face -face with him is such a cool feeling. Cody? Uh, I mean, what a, what a great guy. Like, you could yeah. just tell he is a wonderful person. Like, a, mm -hmm. an absolute delight. He reminds me of, like, I don't know. Maybe he could be my third dad outside of my dad and my father-in-law. You know, he just, he just reminds yeah. you of just a super nice guy. Um, what he said about you know, people coming up to him for pictures and like, he's, dreams. He's always, yeah, it's just, just seems like a great guy. Big, big, big thanks to him. Um, and, uh, you know, we love him. We love Sam. Hopefully we can get him on soon as well. Uh, but that being said, man, like let's, let's go into our, uh, draft and then we can, uh, go into this week's slate and some predictions. Yep. Um, so this week's draft, we're going to go through favorite type of dish. 
which I think is a good one. We can get a mm-hmm. lot of like good stuff here. Um, you went first last week, so I'm going to start this week. And I'm uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Mexican cuisine fan. It's my favorite cuisine. So right off the bat, um, you know, there's a lot of Mexican dishes that I like, but I'm going to have to go to the classic and, and just go with a good old like chicken and steak quesadilla. Mm, I love steak. I love steak. With a side of chips and guac. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm gonna go. I don't know if this counts, but I'm gonna go with dumplings. I know you're such a big dumpling guy. Does that why count? wouldn't that count? Absolutely, man. Well, I don't type. know if it's a dish. It's more. It, of a, it, it could be a dish for you. We can yeah, make it a dish. I, for you. Dude, like literally, me and my happiest moment. If I'm on the couch on a Sunday night, like watching sports mm-hmm. with like 20 to 25 dumplings, I am the happiest person alive. Okay. I love dumplings. Okay. Number two, and, and I'm gonna go with like my second favorite cuisine. All right, number two. <laughs> lamb kebabs oh my god i love lamb kebabs or lamb, lamb chop kebab. same thing kind of same, same thing kind of yeah yeah same thing kind of i mean i'm for me like lamb is probably my favorite type of red meat like more so than steaks like I i'm such lamb. a big lamb guy shawarma all, all that stuff so that's I number will, two i will actually endorse that i love lamb so much i i, I like wish oh my god did you imagine if like chipotle had lamb that'd be sick they had the brisket for a bit mm. Which was That's so a good, good. one, okay. but the lamb would be insane. I'm gonna go. I think it's your classic chicken parm. Nothing That's beats a good chicken parm. Solid. solid. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna build with my last pick. I'm gonna build on your uh, Italian dish, and I'm gonna go with classic penne alla vodka. Mm. So good. I love penne alla vodka. So I'm good. I had right it on. Now. I had it on Friday. It was oh, it was chef's kiss. Yeah. I'm starving. I've never been to that Carbone. I heard their penny alvacas. Like we we went to Carbone. Uh, they had went? like a pop up in the Hamptons. Mm. Um, it was not this past summer, but the summer before that. It was pretty good. Yeah, they're no, they're obviously known for their the penny alvacas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I gotta get there. I'm going to that. Uh, while we're on the topic of food, I guess I'm going to that KU for the first time on Wednesday. KYU, the Asian place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I haven't been. No. Oh. Right. <laughs> I've been to I've been to Gayu. Gayu Kaku. Kaku. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh okay, so I'll go with my before we get off topic here, my last pick. And this is this is like my favorite thing to do when I'm drunk, like after a day drink. I get I've done this three times since I've moved to Brooklyn. What are you gonna I say? Order, a slice of pizza? No, I order a sushi <laughs> platter for two and I eat it myself. It's wow. like it's like 30 pieces of sushi. It's so much. What kind of su- what kind of sushi on there? They have like 16 pieces, so like the fish on top of mm-hmm. the rice. Okay. And then two rolls, and it comes with two salads, and I eat all of it. Wow, beast, beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drunk, drunk. Like grabbing your drunk food is like always good. I don't do it too often. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I feel like I'm always hungry, I'm like, you know what? I'll regret this in the morning. Like, let me just put myself to bed. But when I do, there's just nothing like a buffalo chicken slice. Mm. You're um, also very, you're very disciplined mentally. Yeah, you. I feel I have to I'm be. Not. Because, <laughs> no, when I get hungry, I eat so much that I'm just yeah. like. I need to like discipline myself, but um, yeah, that's it for the draft. Hopefully I, I got a lot of, uh, a lot of crap from some, some friends and, and, you know, some fans about my movie, my movie. Uh, what was the one tweet? And, there was one tweet we saw my, my oh, movie yeah. candy selection. So hopefully, hopefully my dishes do yeah. a little more favor. I got a, mm, from Johnny on every single pick. So I'm also um, just starving. <laughs> yeah yeah i actually like just ordered food too because i was yeah. like i don't feel like cooking tonight i ordered kava have you had kava it's really Dude, good. i love kava it's so yeah, good it's so i'm good. uh i'm cooking tonight but mm. i wish you go into the week uh there's 
four games this week, so it's a jam-packed four. week starting tonight. Rangers home against the Islanders. Reverse retros. Is it? Yep. Oh, really? Are the Islanders yeah. winning theirs too? I don't know. Probably not. Similar colors. Yeah. Um, and then the Rangers go back, or not back, but they go to Detroit Thursday, 7 p.m. puck trap, and then Saturday, Red. Sunday, they got three games and four nights, so it's going to be a tough week for the tough. Rangers. But Saturday, they're in Nashville, 8 p.m., Sunday, Cody's going. They're home against the Arizona Coyotes, which should be another fun game. All right. To start off the week, I think we're gonna we're gonna go on a little revenge tear after two rough games. Um, you know, gotta get a win in those reverse retros, especially since we lost the first time. Um, so I'm gonna say this is gonna be a dual two to one Rangers. Two to one Rangers. Okay, I like that. Also, the Islanders are playing tonight, so they'll be playing the ladder of back-to-back. Okay. So the Rangers should be able to outskate them, but... So what's your prediction? I'm going to go... I mean, just the way they're scoring goals, I don't... I really want to say it's going to be like, you know, 3-1, 4-1 Rangers, but I, I don't know if the finish is there. Yeah. And also, I don't know... I want to see who's starting goal for the Islanders tonight because if it's... Varlama or Sorokin, that could change my opinion. Okay. Uh, so Sorokin is Sorokin's likely to go tonight for the Islanders, which means Varlama will probably play against the Rangers. I think the Rangers can score on Varlama. I'm gonna I'm gonna say three three to one. Three one Rangers. Okay. Two one. I said I said two to one. Two to one. All right. I'm gonna say three one. All right. The Wings. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a duel, and the Rangers are gonna get some revenge again. And it's going to be the other side of the score that we just witnessed. And I'm going to say three to two Rangers. Okay. I'm going to say game winning goal, game winning goal by Capo Caco. I like that. And Igor plays or uh, Igor plays both okay. games. I, Igor in the Islander game, obviously. Also, I'm going to say it's going to be. I feel like they're. I feel like they're going to struggle in Detroit for some reason. I'm going to say two two nothing Red Wings. Okay. Um, Preds game. I'm going to go with Igor. I want to say Igor again, and I'll tell you why, but I feel like it might be Halak. I think it's going to um, be Halak. The reason I say why is because the, the Yotes are so bad, and it, it, it might be a really good chance to get Halak his first win. But that being said, you know, having Igor play three times in a row is also tough. Um, yeah. That's why I think it's going to be Halak. I, I, I know. Three in a row. Yeah. I know, but I'm wondering if they almost make him tough it out to get Halak a win against the Yotes, but maybe not. Maybe not. Um, because no win is given these days for these Rangers. So all right, let's go with Halak. Uh, I do think I hate to say it, but I do think they might struggle a little against the Predators. I know they haven't played that good to date, um, but their style I think might give the Rangers a little trouble. Uh, so I'm gonna say the Rangers lose a tight one here, four to three to the Preds. And Halak is still winless. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh god. Uh, I'll say the Rangers win four to two against okay. the Preds. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and then lastly two. against the Yotes, uh, we did have a close game last time. Igor is going to be in net. Uh, I think the Rangers rebound nicely and I do think they find some scoring in this game. And I'm going to say the, the game's going to be four to one Rangers. I completely agree. I was thinking four to one or five, one, I'll go four, one Rangers. We both think they're going to be three and one this week. That would be great for the team. Um, you know they they need uh, they need to build on this chemistry, man. And and listen, there's going to be changes. 
there's going to be changes and it might be a slightly rocky to start, but I think these guys are going to figure it out. They're a really good team. They're top five team in the NHL. I would, I would say, and I think they just gotta, they just gotta keep finding that groove and, and start scoring some goals and keep shooting, man. Like they, they got outshot by Detroit and they, they clearly didn't shoot enough. Um, but they just got to keep shooting the puck and, and play aggressive, play 60 full minutes. And I think these guys will figure it out. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I don't really have much else to say for this week, but we should note that going forward, we're trying to stick to the specific day a week, but we're going to either post episodes on Monday or on Tuesday. So we'll kind of keep you guys posted in the loop as we go, just because we want to be as up to date as possible. So if the Rangers play Sunday night, you know, we might just record Monday, but if they play Monday night, we'll record Monday night after the game, something like that. So, Just bear with us on that note, but we love you guys and thank you for listening as always. Fun week ahead. Yep, fun week ahead. LJ. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fun week ahead. uh, LFGR, (laughs) baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.